Welcome to The Coaching Circle, a podcast where we explore the world of coaching, business and personal evolution with me, NLP Master Trainer, Coach and your host, Tony Everard. Inspiring conversations and deep dives into every aspect of your coaching and wellbeing business with experts in their field to help you stand out as the expert in yours. Get ready, let's go. I'm talking about one of my favourite subjects today and that is the seven key elements to building a thriving coaching business. Uh, And I'm so passionate about this because the reason I started teaching NLP and timeline therapy and hypnosis and NLP coaching is because I really have a big purpose drive around teaching people skills that they will use and they'll create this ripple effect where they help people, I help them, they help other people. It has a positive impact going out and out and out. And I realised quickly that when I started teaching this stuff that people need more help. It's like one thing to have the skills but it's another thing to have the business that goes with it to ensure that you are helping more and more people. So so this is what I'm talking about today. And, and the reason why this is, you know, sprung to mind is because I was at a a networking event the other day and I was speaking to someone there that I've met a few times, really lovely person. And, you know, she was, she was sharing with me that she was having some struggles in her business. And, you know, there was a bit of emotion there because, you know, when you're running your own business, it can be emotional, right? It can be really tough. It can be emotional. And, and I just have a habit of having people tear up when they speak to me anyway, because, you know, (laughs) I provide this safe space, space and people speak to me and the next thing they know, you know, they, they're kind of hooking into these emotions. It's all good. I'm really good at handling that. So if you're speaking to me and you ever feel like you're getting a bit of uh, emotional, it's okay. I've got you. So anyway, I was talking to this woman and she's excellent at what she does. She's got loads of experience and background to support what she does. She's got a high level of understanding and knowledge of the systems and supports for her ideal clients and what she does. She ticks all the boxes right, for providing a really, really great service for her clients. So you think, well, if you've got all this, how can there be a problem? Well, this is something that I do help people with all the time. And I know it really well because I've been there too, right? When I first started my business and I started coaching and training, I had a natural talent for that stuff, right? I, like I just it, just, it just made sense in my head. I loved it deeply and I'd done a lot of work on myself, right? So when you're a coach and you've done a lot of work on yourself, cleared a lot of your own stuff, emotional stuff, changed a lot of your own thinking, you're much better at helping other people do that. And I'd done a lot of work on myself, like, and I continue to, you know, it's one of the, definitely one of the keys to the level of results I get people is the amount of work that I've done on myself. But despite having done, like being a really, really good coach and trainer, my business was struggling when I first started. And I'll I'll tell you exactly why. Because Often when we start a business, we feel like, yes, I'm really great at doing this thing. I love coaching or I love helping people in whatever manner that you're doing that. And so you think, oh, I'm going to start a business. So I have the time and the money and the location freedom of doing it all under my own steam. You know, that was me. I was like, I don't want no job where anyone's telling me what to do or what I have to, where I have to be or anything else. I'm going to make all the money I want and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But there's a big difference between being really good at a job 
okay? And a job being you've got one thing that you do and that's what you get paid for and that's what you rock up and do, you know, in the hours that you do. And there's a big difference between that and growing a business, okay? So the difference is that when you are just focusing on the service you provide, that's job mentality. And if that's what you want to do, that's great. But if you want to have a business, you have to get really good at business as well as being good at the coaching or, or services that you provide. And, and honestly, once I got this for myself and I decided that I wanted to master sales and marketing and everything else in business, that is when everything started to change for me. And this is exactly what I focus on with my group coaching and my private coaching program with all the you know coaches and wellbeing practitioners and therapists that I work with in there. This is what I really focus on. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about what you need to grow a thriving coaching business. This is a quick and important message to let you know the Coaching Circle podcast is proudly sponsored by Tony Everard Coaching, your go-to coaching, communication and business mindset specialist and NLP master trainer. Are you ready for an identity shift to break through to the next level in your life and business? I'm here to help you tap into your inner power so you can fulfill your grand life purpose. Book a personalized one-to-one strategy call with me to supercharge your business mindset, coaching and communication skills. Let's work together to elevate your success and amplify your impact. Head to the link in the show notes to schedule your strategy call today. Building a thriving business requires more than just coaching skills or the skills that you've been trained in. Okay, now I know a lot of people that listen to this, are some people are coaches, some people are massage therapists, naturopaths, nutritionists and other kinds of health practitioners and therapists and the same goes, right, in any of these areas. Building a thriving business requires you to have a solid understanding of marketing and branding and sales and client journeys and financial management. And you can use a variety of strategies. Uh, Today, I'm going to cover off on seven key areas. So you might want to take some notes. You might want to take some notes. Or if you can't take notes and you're listening in the car, you might want to go back and take some notes later on. Okay, so the first one, the first key area that you need to focus on is identifying your niche market and positioning yourself as an expert in that niche. Now, this isn't just me saying this, right? There was a survey done uh, by the ICF, the International uh, Coach Federation, and they said that coaches, they found that coaches who specialise in a niche market are more likely to earn a higher income than those who don't specialise, okay? That's... The fact, if you just want to say, I can help everyone with everything, you very unlikely that you're going to get anywhere, especially when you start. If you're Tony Robbins, right, you can just help anyone with anything on the spot and you've got an audience of millions and, you know, you've got superstars paying you millions of dollars for private coaching. Yeah, maybe that's a bit different. But if you're starting your business, you need to be an expert. You need to position your own ex- yourself as an expert in a particular area. Okay, so for me, I've got two main niches that I work in. Uh, One I market to and one that just comes to me through referrals. 
So the first one is my main market, my main audience, my main ideal clients are generally women, 90% of the time they're women who are aged 45 to 65 and they're coaches and they're therapists and they're practitioners who want to gain confidence in themselves, uh, improve their clients' results and grow their business. Okay, and then the second niche that I I get a lot of work through referrals are men who are aged usually around 35 to 45 and they have businesses that are a bit more like blue-collar tradie type industries, so irrigation, electricians, um, you know, builders and, and this kind of stuff. And these are guys that are, you know, generally have bigger businesses. They've got – usually they've got staff. They might be doing, you know, a couple million or, you know, one of my clients up to 20 million uh, a year turnover. But they're fast-growing and, and they can make money but they suffer with things like stress and anxiety – and depression, they might have, um, you know, some unresolved stuff from misspent youth type things uh, and, you know, maybe they've had relationship issues or whatever, but they need someone to help them sort out where their thinking is and sometimes just someone that they can speak to just to unpack what's going on in their mind. And so I work really well with either of these two groups, right, and I can talk to them all day long and the reason is because... Number one, the first group, the women, these are like me, okay? These are all women like me. And they're generally, even in that group, like, you know, they're generally a little bit more introverted. Um, they've got issues with visibility. They might have some money blocks. They might have some issues, stuff going on with their uh, their kids or their relationships. And I, I just know exactly what's going on with them, right? I, I understand them inside out and I could talk to these people all day long and I fully get them. Okay, so that's why I work well with that niche. With the guys, I, it's the same thing. I could talk with these guys all day long because I grew up with a single dad who was a panel beater, had his own business, had stress and anxiety and depression and things like that. Uh, and also my partner is works in construction, right? So I've been around him and, you know, his friends and things for like, you know, 18 years. I, I know these people inside out. I even worked in heavy engineering myself. So I know these kinds of guys and I, I relate to them. I know I can, can talk to them all day. Like I know them really well. So this is what you've got to think about for you and your business. Who are the people that you could talk to all day long right? and that you really get them, you really understand? Because I can guarantee you that you don't want to work with everyone. You don't want to work with everyone. If you think that you can work with everyone and help anyone with anything – you haven't worked with enough people, right? You just haven't worked with enough people because when you've worked with enough people, you'll you'll know there's some people you don't want to work with, right? Like, so for example, um, you know, people say, do I work with children? Well, no. Can I? Yes. I've worked with 10-year-olds. Is that my jam? No, it's not. I don't, so I don't work with children, right? I, can I work with 80-year-olds? Yeah, I've worked with 80-year-olds. Um, do I want to? No, it's, it's just not my jam, right? Like it's, it's harder work for me doing that. that. That's not where my zone is. I, I particularly like people who are in business, right, and people that are helping people. Like that's, that's where I work. So you've got to know this for yourself, okay? You've got to know this for yourself. You've got to think about who are these people that you really know exactly what's going on with them and then you can position yourself as a, an expert in that niche and it's much easier for people to know 
you know, what it is that you do. And I can assure you, even when you niche, right, when you position yourself as an expert, people, when you position yourself as an expert, people still assume that you can do all kinds of other things. They will just come to you because they'll see you as an expert and they'll say, hey, do you do this? Do you do that? Like it happens to me all the time. I refer onto more coaches than anybody else, right? Because people just assume that I, I know how to do everything. Yes, I can, but I don't want to, right? Like I, I work in a, a particular field and that's where I get really good results and that's where my reputation um, and expert status comes from. So you, you really want to do that for yourself, right? Find this space where you, you, know, you just love working with those people. You know them inside out. Right. I could talk about this all day, but I'll move on. The next key element that you really need to do to have a thriving business is to make sure that you develop a strong personal brand that reflects your values and resonates with your ideal clients. So it helps you stand out in a crowded marketplace. Because the thing is that people buy people. They don't buy coaching they don't buy naturopathy uh, or they don't buy a massage. They buy people, right? They come to you, they will come to you and keep coming back to you because they resonate with you and that you have aligned values. And there was a, um, there was a survey done by CareerBuilder and they said that 70% of employers use social media to screen candidates during the hire, uh, hiring process, okay? And so it's no different when you're in business. People will stalk you out on socials, on your website, everywhere to see who you are before they want to work with you. Okay, really, really important stuff. So, you know, and this is really important when people say, oh, I don't, I don't want to have, you know, my, my private Facebook. I want that to be private, my personal Facebook page. I don't want anyone to see that. Look, I, people will argue this point with me all day. I don't mind if that's what you want to do, fine. Do it knowing that it is limiting your personal brand. Okay, if I want to work with someone and I go look up, look them up on Facebook and, and their personal profile is locked down, straight away for me it's a red flag. I go, this person's got something to hide, they're lacking confidence, there's something going on where, um, you know, I, I can't know who they are, right? It's a red flag for me, especially for me because I'm a mindset person and I, I know straight away that there's fears behind that. And I just go, now, if I can't see who you are as a person, too hard, right? You'd have to have a very, very strong referral for me to worry about following that up. So make it really easy for people to see you and make sure that you are being authentic and showing up the same wherever you are, okay? Because if you're a coach or a wellbeing practitioner and on the weekends you're out getting smashed and eating, I don't know, Hungry Jacks or whatever whatever, good luck to you. But if during the, um, I've got no judgment about that, but if you're then in your business going, you're all healthy and, you know, all about mindset and being really healthy, well, then it's not authentic. And people can pick that up, right? Whereas, you know, if you can show your personality, you can show what you do on the weekends and it's authentic and congruent with what it is that you say that you do and what you're all about in your business, People love that. They feel more certain about you, right? They feel there's more trust and everything there. So it's really important to, to build this personal brand so that people know what you're about in your business, out of your business, wherever they might come across you. Um, and you will get more people to connect with you when they know you like that. So creating personal brand, really, really important. 
um, you know, I even did a bit of research about this at uh, one of my trainings where we were talking about this kind of stuff and I said to the, the people in my training, I said, you know, before you decided to work with me, um, did you go and search out what my certifications were? And everyone said no. No, didn't look at your certifications at all. Uh, we just went and checked out your website and your socials so that we could see who you are and what you're about. Boom. That, that's it. Personal brand, right, all day long. Okay. So personal brand, really important. Really think about that for yourself. Now the third message is around creating a, a compelling marketing message that clearly communicates the benefits your clients get when they work with you. Right, so your marketing message should address, you know, what are the problems your ideal clients have and also, you know, how your services solve those problems but also what is the desires that what, – what do they want? Okay, really important that you can uh, motivate people to take action towards what they want because if you just talk about people's pain points all day long and that's it, you're likely to attract people who just want sympathy for their pain. Right? They're not necessarily motivated to get results. So you want to create like a compelling marketing message that attracts your clients and motivates them to take action. Now, people prefer to buy products from brands that are familiar to them. So people need to be able to hear your message and they need to hear it regularly. Okay, you need to be regular, showing up, giving the same kind of message over and over again so that you become front of mind, people can really get a sense of who you are, what you're about, how, you know, what it is that you do, so they know what you do really clearly, who you help, what kind of results that you get. Um, yeah, super important. Okay, so creating that compelling marketing message. All right, the next one is building a strong online presence through social media, your website, podcasts, whether that's you create your own podcast like, you know, like mine or you go and guest on other people's podcasts uh, and any other content that you can create online that can help you reach a larger audience and attract your potential clients who are searching for your services online. Okay, so at, we're in a digital age. People are searching online for the things that they want and, uh, you know, survey of out of America is that 81% of Americans go online on a daily basis and Australia would be very similar, okay? So you've got to be where your clients are, right? Building that social media, making it really easy. Like I know even through this podcast, I get people who message me and say, hey, Tony, I was listening to that uh, episode of your podcast. Heard you talking about da, da, da. I think you can help me. Yep, yeah, great. Let's book in a call. I've had people contact me that said, oh, I heard you, I was searching for timeline therapy and I found you on somebody else's podcast. And so I you know, wanted to reach out to you. Okay, so people search, the more content that you have, you know, talking your message, what you do, how you help people, the more people can search it and find you. Really super important. All right, now the next one, as well as being online, the next one is networking and building relationships. This is really key. So often people want to hide behind their computer and just be like, oh, I'm all online and stuff. Yeah, look, you know, some people can do that. If you're a coach or service-based, 
probably going to be a little bit more challenging just to be online, right? You, your network is your net worth. That's what they say and for good reason. And so you've always got to have a focus on building relationships with other professionals in your industry as well as potential clients. Okay? Networking can help you build a referral network and, a, and attract clients through word of mouth recommendations Um, This is a big part of how I've built my business and it continues to be. Like I now run um, two networking groups in Adelaide that both, um, you know, get about 20 plus uh, people attending them, you know, so there's one a week that I run. And so, and and I'm looking to build out more. So there's going to be four groups by the end of this year at least. Um, and, And this is how I've always built my businesses, like is by building relationships connecting with other people in the industry and um, and getting those referrals, right? It's just building relationships. So if, you know, so if you want to get known for creating really excellent results, okay, with people, um, which is something that I've done. Like my business has won multiple awards for, for results, creating results for my clients. And so I'm known in my industry as this go-to. And then I, I also... Like you're going to make sure that you are a person that people like having around, right? So are you fun? Are you engaging? Do you help other people? Do you contribute? Do you help other people's businesses grow? You know, do you refer other people to other businesses? I, I love referring people to other businesses that I know. Um, so, for example, you know, my uh, photographer, Heidi Wolf, I have a great relationship with her. She's been on this podcast um, I have a great relationship with her. She's super fun to work with. I see her at heaps of events that I go to um, and, you know, she's just really cool. I, I love a lot of stuff about her. So whenever, um, you know, I can see someone needs photos, I'm like, get on to Heidi, right? Because I know they're going to have a great, the person I refer is going to have a great experience by working with Heidi um, and it adds to our relationship and then, you know, Heidi, um, you know, promotes me through her stuff as well, right? It's a it's a really powerful thing. Um, building relationships with your clients, right? If you're purely transactional with your clients, they're less likely to refer people. I, I build really strong relationships with my clients. I've got clients who I've worked with over years through their levels of development and they continue to refer people to me and I refer people to them, right? It works both ways and it's more fun. Right, business is more fun when you've got these networks and connections and, um, you know, even in, like I said, in the tradie uh, niche that I have, I've got people that they all refer to me. I only work with any of those people because they get referred to me. And so I get really good results. They talk to their friends. They, their friends tell them, oh, I've got this problem. They say, you've got to go and see Tony. She's really good. She gets results. And because they want to give that value to their friends, you know, they want to, you know, refer to me builds our relationship, you know, all goes around. So that's a really important thing. Really focus on building those relationships and not just, you know, don't do this. This is one of the things, right, that I see when I, I do networking and I, 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 I'm really big. I feel like I'm telling you a secret. <laughs> this is one of the things that I see in networking sometimes is I don't want to be one of those people who just goes to networking to see what you can get right? Don't be one of those people. People can feel it. People can feel it. It's yucky. No one's going to want to like, you know, give first. 
give first. When you give to people, when you're giving, when you're a good person, when you genuinely care about people and you want to help them and see them succeed, people know, right? And you'll get the stuff back just naturally, right? Be a giver, not a getter. (laughs) That secret's finished. (laughs) Now let's move on to my next point, which is, this is point number six, is you have to implement, if you really want your business to grow and to thrive, you've got to implement effective financial management practices. Okay, now, believe it or not, I feel like I'm telling you another secret. I, I really divulge so much stuff here. <laughs> um, my background's banking and finance. Okay, so I worked as an assistant accountant at um, the National Wine Centre for about six years before I started my business. And before that, I worked in banking for about 10 years and somewhere in between I did um, money coaching, right? When I first started my business, I didn't probably use my financial skills to my best abilities, (laughs) It's a bit like, you know, when they say, oh, the mechanic that has the worst running car. Um, My finances weren't the worst, but they could have been better. As my business has grown, the more focus I put on numbers and managing my money better the better everything is okay so you've got to have effective financial management management practices right right from the start is better and it's going to set you up for long-term sustainability of your business and it's going to give you a realistic view of what's really happening in your business right this is the important thing because often what I see when people first start their business because they're so used to having a job when you see money come in your bank account you go oh This is what someone's paying me. Or when you're asking someone for a fee or when you're pricing something, you go, wow, that's, you know, that's a lot of money for someone to pay me, right? But then you realise when you have a business, what someone pays you, that doesn't just all go in your pocket, right? You've got taxes to pay, you've got subscriptions, you might have room hire, you might have, you know, if you're um, registered for GST, if your business is doing over 75,000 in Australia and you're registered for GST, you've got GST you've got to pay, um, you know, if you've got then maybe you start getting a VA, you've got a VA that you've got to pay or, you know, you do some extra training, you've got coaching, you know, you've maybe got venue hire because you run events, you've got printing costs, you've got postage costs, um, you know, all these things that are going on, all these expenses and you, you soon realise that that money you're charging is not just going to you. The money you charge people is what it costs your business to run and provide that service to them and then your business has to pay you out of that. Okay, it's very, very different. So you've got to be able to be on this and understand what's going on in your business, what does it cost to run your business, um, be tracking income, outgoings, you know, expenses. Ideally, you want to, like when I first started, I had a spreadsheet. I worked off this spreadsheet. It was a pretty cool spreadsheet. I found it online somewhere and it, and it had like, you know, income month by month and expenses month by month and it would give me like a thing. That was before I was registered for GST. And it would give me an idea of where I was at, which was good. And I had a separate business bank account. So you have to have a separate business bank account. Otherwise, it's chaos. Don't put, don't put business money in your personal account. <laughs> so if separate business bank account, right? But as you start making more and more money, of course, you'll generally have more and more expenses. And especially once you're registered for GST, like if you're doing 75K or more a year in Australia and you register for GST, well, 
it's a good idea to have separate bank accounts. And so you might look at a, um, you know, system like Profit First, for example, with uh, Michael uh, McKellar, what was his name? I can't remember his name now, McKellarwich or something like that. Sorry, I just butchered that name. But uh, Profit First, Google Profit First, you'll find it. And they talk about having all kinds of buckets. But definitely have a different separate business account. If you're... If you can, have two or three set up if you can think about it that way. And what you want to be doing is whenever money comes in, automatically putting money into like a GST and a tax account, putting some amount of money into a profits account, even if it's a very little small amount, right? even if it's 1% or 5% or whatever, put it into a profits account because you want to make sure you know that the purpose of having a business is to make a profit, right? And profit does not mean what you get paid, right? Your business should pay you and there's a profit, okay? So it's really important that you understand, right, how much money do I want to get paid? Uh, How much tax do I need to pay? How much GST do I need to pay? How much super do I need to pay myself? What are all the expenses in my business? And have that set up so you know how much income you're actually aiming for and then you can you know, revert that back into, okay, if I want to make this much money, if I want to make 10K a month, right, how many hours do I want to work in a week? Okay, and if you're coaching, I can guarantee you, you don't want to do 40 hours a week of coaching. You will be smashed. It's going to be a lot less hours than that. You might be working in your business 40 hours, right, but it's, you've got to do marketing, you've got to do sales, you've got to do admin, you've got to do, you know, all the other stuff that goes around that as well. So, you want to make sure you know how many hours are you working in your business, um, how many chargeable hours and how much do you need to charge per hour that you're providing that service and then look at, okay, well, what kind of programs, you know, offerings have I got that I can charge that and how many of those do I need to sell, how many clients do I need and then for how many clients do I need, how many leads do I need to generate because like not every single person who calls you up is going to end up being your client. You can might, you might have a conversion rate from your leads of 30%, 40%, 50%. Maybe it's higher. Just depends on where your leads are coming from. Okay, so you have to know all of these kinds of numbers okay, and, and to be able to forecast that. And, you know, understand this stuff because you might sit there, say you just had one and I've been there, I'm telling you this story now exactly and these details because I've been here. You might go, well, I've got 10K in my bank, in my business bank account, I'm doing pretty well. And then suddenly you've got 6K bus due and a 2K super bill and then you've got subscriptions or insurance or registrations due and bam, the account's cleaned out. Okay, so 10K in your bank account, it sounds like a lot of money if you don't know what all that money is supposed to be allocated to, right? So this is a good idea to have these separate bank accounts set up so that you are always putting money where it needs to go and you've got a real realistic idea of how much money is actually available for you for any kind of expenses or anything else, okay? So, you know, talk to an accountant for help with this or listen to like the uh, Profit First book, um, you know, you, you got to get some help, get this kind of stuff sorted out. All right, so finances, definitely focus on finances. Now, the seventh key, and this is the last key for today, is for growing a thriving 
coaching business is continuing your education and professional development. You need to continue to learn and grow both personally and professionally and it's it's essential for you to grow your business and for attracting clients. Okay, so honing your skills, deepening your knowledge in what it is that you do but also getting support from from your own coach, right? Like personally, I know I've now spent well over $100,000 over the last probably eight years. It's probably a bit more than that actually. Uh, And I continue to invest in myself year in and year out. And that's what I help my clients and students do as well. Okay, I continue to learn. I continue developing my craft. So, you know, when I first started coaching, I was an NLP practitioner then I become a master practitioner, then I become a trainer, then I did a five-year program to become a master trainer. Um, I've learned other modalities as well. I've done business programs. I've like I've just continuously learning and growing all the whole time. And that's why the levels of who I work with continues to grow and evolve and how much I can charge people and the value that I provide keeps increasing, right, because you continue to do that. So this is what I help people with do all the time now so I do this in a few levels so first of all um well this podcast is one way that I help people do that Uh, then the next level is I have the coaching circle insiders which is the membership subscription group that I have on Facebook which is available to people in all or any budget can afford the coaching circle insiders right it's it's a no-brainer and there's weekly training and Q&A in there and there's a whole bunch of recordings that's designed to help people continue to learn and grow and you know, ask questions for me. And then, you know, the next level from there is I run certification trainings where I give people the skills that enhance their skills and their knowledge of how they help people and how they get results people and their own personal development as well. And then, you know, the next level from there, I've got my private Elevate program. And Elevate is uh, specifically my niche of helping NLP trained uh, coaches and therapists and practitioners. So they have to be at least NLP master practitioner trained or they could be NLP trainers. And, you know, I do a lot of coaching and mentoring and training in that space where I help them hone their skills and really level up their skills and knowledge of NLP, but also their business and also their personal development. Okay, so really important thing to do is to make sure you continue your education and your personal and your professional development. It's huge key. Your business won't outgrow your mindset. So if you want your business to grow, you need to grow yourself. There's, there's no two ways about that. Really important. All right, so these are the seven key areas that you need for a thriving coaching business, okay? So you need to focus on your niche, your personal brand, your marketing message, your online presence, your network, uh, uh, networking and relationship building, your financial management and your continued education and personal and professional development. So out of this, really think about this for yourself. Do you have these seven key areas sorted Or are there some that you need to hone in on more? Okay, where are you at 
And if you need to, like I highly recommend, go back and re-listen to this if you need to. Share it with anyone else you think, you, you know, would be helpful because this the more people that understand this, the more successful businesses we're going to see. And businesses, local small businesses are the backbone of our society, right? They have a huge impact on our communities and our societies. And I'm super, super passionate about this. So, so think about this for yourself. What is that? What areas do you think, yes, I've got that nailed or no, I need some help with that. And if you need more help or you need to focus on those areas, like just book in with yourself, spend 30 minutes a day focusing in on one of those areas and improving it and you'll find that it will improve and if you need more help reach out okay that's what I'm here for um in the show notes you'll see where you can book in and have a, a strategy call with me right like I, I love helping people but really think about this for yourself if you're in 2024 going look I I really want to grow my business cover off these things and you will see things turn around big time Thanks for listening to The Coaching Circle. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You, my friend, are awesome. So keep coaching and keep evolving.